0: Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers, clarify your message, and make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the word transformation, the process of changing completely the character or appearance of someone or something in order to improve it. Transformation, whether it be personal, professional, or cultural, is one of my favorite topics. So I am chuffed to be discussing it all with Rob Shooter, who you know is America's number one gossip columnist from his days at OK Magazine to VH1's Gossip Table, which I loved, to his now super successful podcast, Naughty But Nice with Rob Shooter. Rob is also a master transformer himself who has successfully morphed many times in his career keeping up with major cultural and business shifts going from publicist to magazine editor back in the day to television host, media personality, and of course, now podcaster and author. And Rob also transformed physically during the pandemic, losing 60 pounds, which I followed with admiration on Instagram. So welcome, dear Rob. It's Such a joy to have you here. Hey,
1: my friend. Thank you for having me. I'm chuffed, too, and I love that you used the British word. I know what you're up to, Barbara. (laughs) So thank you for having me, and I'm a huge fan of your podcast. You're doing great, great work here.
0: Oh, my God. That means the world to me. (laughs) So why did you choose transformation as your word?
1: It's really a word that has summarized my life. I've transformed many, many times, often by necessity, not necessarily always by choice, I, I always think of a phrase that I've used from, from a little boy. Do you pick comfort or courage? And I want to think that I'm full of courage. It is much easier to do nothing. It is much more comfortable uh, to sit on the couch, to never have to put yourself out there and have any criticism. Uh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to live that life. I want to live an extraordinary life. And that means changing a lot. That means adapting a lot. That means having the courage to get back up and have the courage for people even to knock you down. And so I've always been one that probably had much more ambition and courage than talent. And I say that, honestly, as an inspirational thing. I'm not that talented, but I do the work. And so I've always been transforming throughout my life.
0: What was the biggest time you actually had to pick yourself up?
1: Oh, many, many times. I've been fired from many jobs, if not every job I've ever had. But I remember when I got fired from Pizza Hut in Edinburgh when I was at school there. It's still very painful. I I knew early on that I could take rejection very well. And I think it actually comes from my childhood. When I was born, my right arm was so damaged, it was almost amputated. So I always knew I was different, particularly physically different. And I've done a really good job of covering it up, maybe not celebrating it, maybe being embarrassed about it until quite recently. And so I knew what it was like to feel like an outsider, to be rejected. And because of that, I turned it into my superpower. And now I'm really good at being told no. One of my first jobs being a publicist, I'd pitch a hundred outlets a day. And if I got two yeses back, it was a good day. So rejection, getting comfortable with rejection, actually, I think is the secret, one of the secrets to my success.
0: Oh my gosh, amen. It's hard to explain to people what a gift getting fired is. Yes, yes. It feels right? awful is in it, the
1: moment. It feels so horrible. J Lo fired me. Jessica Simpson fired me. You know, I've been fired from TV shows and it always feels terrible. And I know it's a bit of a cliche to say that a no leads you to a yes. But it always has happened with me eventually. It never feels good in the moment, and you definitely have to take that moment to feel sad and really, really sort of wrap yourself up in it. And don't rush. Take your time to grieve it. Um, But it does lead to something else. Every time I've been fired, eventually, not right away, but eventually it's been the best thing ever for me.
0: I totally agree. It's also muscle right? So if it's never happened to you, you're afraid of it happening. Once it happens and you survive it and then potentially go on to thrive doing something else to your point, then you're like, okay, I can live less fearfully to your point. It's never fun in the moment, but you're like, I'll get through this and I'll get on to the next thing.
1: And it makes you make a decision because the decision's really made for you. So I fear that I would sit at jobs in periods of my life for many, many years. You know what? I'm, I'm a big believer in I don't water dead plants. Once the plant is dead, <laughs> uh, it's time for me ah. to move on. Like, I just don't do that. There's also, too, I'm a very nosy person, which is why I'm a good gossip columnist. I'm very, very nosy. I like together, and yeah. there's so many things in life that I want to experience. I would hate to have a job for 50 years. That's what my mum and dad did. And with all respect, that's all they knew. And so my dad did the same thing every day of his life. He was a policeman and he did it for 40 years and then retired. And it's the right life for him. It was not the right life for me. I wanted to see what it was like to work with celebrities, to be a pilot, to live in a different country, to taste the flavor ice cream that I'd never heard of. When I go to restaurants, I'm nosy. I'm just a naturally curious person. And so although I have transformed a lot, I would argue fundamentally, I'm actually quite the same it's just that it's taken me to different places in my life my value system has always been quite similar and what i believe has always been quite similar but the packaging the cloak that i put around me that's what's changed
0: so i'm hearing one curiosity which i think is one of like my top 3 attributes for success for anyone that i think is so important Two, it seems like you're hardwired for success in the contemporary world because that same job forever doesn't exist anymore. Mm. And you're a lifelong learner and you lean into opportunity and you're not afraid of failure. These are all really, really great lessons. But you've also transformed professionally by keeping up with changes in culture and technology. So I don't even know if you can answer this, but sometimes I think of it as a right brain, left brain thing. Like what part of you is that said, oh yeah, I think podcasting is the way to go. Or I'm going to go digital before anybody else goes digital.
1: (laughs) It's not left or right with me. It's right down the middle of my face and it's my big nose. I'm a very nosy person. I could smell out the change. So when I left Celebrity, when I left being a publicist, it was to become a gossip columnist, to work in a magazine. I wanted to experience that. It's a flip side of the same coin. If you're a good publicist, you will be a good magazine editor because as a publicist, all you do all day is try to sell stories, good stories on your client. And before long, if you do the work, you start to figure out what the media wants, what makes a good story, and you know how to sell it. A magazine editor really does the same thing, but from the opposite perspective. They're looking for good stories. They have to sell magazines. So I knew after a decade of being a publicist, I didn't really want to do that anymore. And I'd sort of reached the, the dizzy heights; it wasn't going to get any bigger. After J Lo, Diddy, Bon Jovi, Alicia Keys, Jessica Simpson, Naomi Campbell, after working with these extraordinary, extraordinary individuals, I didn't really want to represent a real housewife. And that's not disrespecting the genre of reality TV, but I'd done it. I'd walked every red carpet. I'd been to the Oscars many times, the Golden Globes, all these fabulous things I'd experienced. I didn't want to do that again and again and again. So an opportunity came up at a magazine and I took it. I jumped and I left PR and I became the executive editor of OK Magazine. And every week I saw the numbers in the entire category get smaller and smaller and smaller people were not buying magazines anymore. And this was 10 years ago when you could still sell a million copies a week. Now you're down to a couple of hundred thousand and that's for the big magazines. So I saw the numbers getting smaller and smaller and this internet thing was blowing up. And I was like, oh, this is this is the future. This is where people are gonna get their gossip, their celebrity gossip, all their news. It was before Instagram or Twitter. And a friend of mine, and this is another really good lesson, be kind to people. I've been kind to people when I didn't need to be. And they're always the people that have gotten me a job, not the people that you think are going to get you a job. Recently, I I announced my book. I know we'll get to it, but just skipping ahead about kindness. Ollie Coleman, who works at Page Six, was my Mm. intern at OK Magazine. 15 years ago, I was the boss. And this was before OK even really had a website. And Ollie was this really lovely intern working his tail off And I was kind to him. I didn't need to be. I didn't even need to know his name, but I went out my way and I was kind. Fast forward 15 years, page six is going to announce my book. It could have gone either way. Page six is a naughty outlet. I can be a little bit controversial. Ollie wrote a love letter. And I called him afterwards and I thanked him. And he said, you know what? I've been waiting 15 years to be kind to you because you were kind to me. I couldn't even remember it. I didn't even remember the moment, Barbara. But it's just a good example. So a similar thing happened at AOL. A dear friend of mine, Colleen Curtis, was working at AOL. And they had an entertainment site that got enormous traffic because it was the AOL brand. AOL might be your grandmother's homepage. I get it. But there's a lot of people out there, including me, who still have AOL addresses. So it's not a website. It's a fire engine. It's a fire engine of traffic. So they had this site called Pop Eater. Not breaking many stories, but a really fun site, well-written, beautifully produced. They asked me if I'd like to be the page six of Pop Eater, if I would have my own column, if I could break exclusive items each day. So I saw the numbers getting smaller and smaller each week in the magazine world. And I jumped at this job to go to AOL to Pop Eater. Now the money was half. And so that's something that a lot of people don't have the luxury to do, but I've never chased money. I know what I need to live the life I want, not to wear the Gucci's or have a house in the Hamptons Or be too extravagant, but I know what I need to earn each year to live the way I do, and it's not as much as you think. And so I decided to invest in myself. I took a job for half the money, and Colleen helped me write my first gossip column. I'd never, I'd never done it before. Shh, don't tell anyone. So we we literally wrote it in my apartment. I knew I was a good reporter, I knew I was nosy, but I didn't know the rules of the format of a gossip. I didn't know how many words the first item should be, but it's just a template. You can learn it. And so I learned it. Colleen and me and I submitted my first column and I became the gossip columnist for AOL. And that's when Naughty But Nice was born, my brand. Then AOL bought the Huffington Post. So suddenly I became the gossip columnist for the Huffington Post. And that gave me a prestige that really was a little bit of an illusion. AOL got more traffic, many, many more readers than the Huffington Post, but the Huffington Post thought of themselves as quite fancy. So that sort of opened up more doors too. And so it was always looking ahead. I was always nosy. Then I realized all these websites were not really making the money. They were getting traffic, but they, the traffic, but they hadn't figured out a way to make money. And that's when I started podcasting. And then from the podcast came the book it's stepping stones and it's not necessarily planned out in such a strategic way Uh, I remember once having lunch drinks more likely with Madonna's publicist I'm a huge Madonna fan (laughs) and I said to Liz like the strategy of Madonna of taking this girl and her, her becoming Madonna tell me about the strategy once again very nosy I wanted to know all the details she said Robert we threw everything at the wall and what stuck, stuck. There was no strategy. So don't overthink it, but do say yes when these opportunities come along. I'm, I come from a place of yes, and then I figure it out. I know I, many a job I've accepted that I have no business taking, but I do it and then I figure out how to do it.
0: <laughs> wow. Transferable skills, leaning into opportunity, and then knowing the right questions to ask.
1: Yes. Know the questions. You don't have to be an expert in everything. And I know this is not a political podcast and I'm not going to go there, but I I have to admit something. One of the little secrets of my life is on my coffee table right here on my desk, I have a copy of Sarah Palin's autobiography. When I get nervous, I put my hand on it. If she can (laughs) run, I swear, I'm not making this up. The mistake people have is they compare themselves to the best. Stop. Compare yourself to the most successful average person you know, who in your life has extraordinary success and not that much talent. So when I get nervous going on Wendy Williams, I don't think of Jimmy Fallon or Stephen Colbert or somebody really talented. I think of Sarah Palin. And if she can run for the vice presidency of the United States, I can sit with Hoda for three minutes and talk about Kim Kardashian's bottom. Do it. Think of that person in your life. It doesn't have to be someone famous. It can be an uncle, a colleague. We've all got that person in your office. Think of that person in your office who has no talent, but is really successful. That's who I think of when I get nervous. And so when I take these opportunities is, I think, what would Sarah do? Sarah would say, yes. And then, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to fly a plane. I'm not going to commit. No, I, I shouldn't <laughs> be a heart surgeon. I'm not a doctor. Like if you came to me for medical issue... I wouldn't know how to do that. But when it comes to Kim Kardashian's bottom or what Bethany Frankel's up to, I'm fine. I can do it. You can do it. You can. And also, too, let's remember that laundry list of celebrity names that I dropped, all those celebrities that I worked with for many years. I got to see celebrity up close and personal. I got to see, I got to know I was in their houses. I was on their phone calls. I was on their emails with some of the most successful people in the world, The one thing they have in common, it's not talent. And I'm not disrespecting them here. Most of them are very talented, but that's not what they have in common. They try. They always try. And so an opportunity, did he run a marathon? He didn't know how to run a marathon, but he learned. So we can learn to do this. You got to turn off that nasty little voice we all have in our head telling us we can't do it. We're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We are. There's a lot of people in really big jobs. There's a lot of celebrities who are not that talented, who are really successful. And it's because they can turn off that voice. I can turn it off and it pops in my head. I can feel it creeping into my ears. You can't do that. You shouldn't be on a podcast with Barbara. You, you know. And I turn it off and I say, absolutely, yes, I should. Does it make me cocky, arrogant? Maybe. But it also makes me successful.
0: My mind is so blown. It's like the shooter isms, one after another. So, one, this is when I'm so grateful for podcast format that I can just stop and rewind this and listen to this (laughs) every day when I need that. Because that voice in my head said, You can't ask Rob to be on your podcast. (laughs) Rob's up there. You're down here. You're just a little pipsqueak who just launched a podcast. He won't come on. So, I've been a fan of yours for a long
1: time and tell the story. I hunted you out, Barbara. I was judging. At some sort of competition, I can't remember. It was a comedy competition. And I saw you across the room and I knew you. And I came flying over. And then I harassed you with emails demanding to take you for a drink. You couldn't the first couple of times, but I didn't stop. I kept emailing. And then we went out. I remember where we went. El Molino's. We were only going to meet for half an hour. Two hours later, or several glasses of wine. We were laughing. I didn't want it to end. It was the most fun night I've had ever. Find people to meet. I felt like I've known you
0: my entire life.
1: (laughs) Find people you want to meet. When I was a young publicist in New York, Richard Johnson was the. Editor-in-chief of mm-hmm. page six, very powerful. I couldn't get to him, but I could get to the assistant on the column. And so I literally wrote a list of 10 people in New York. Remember, I left Britain. I knew nobody in America apart from my boyfriend, Bruce, now my husband. I didn't know anybody. I, missing my family was not the hard part. It was missing that network of people that was my life, my friends, my dinner lady, my dry cleaner, the gentleman I bought flowers from. Every, my oh. goodness. My goodness. Yasser in the, lo- the local store. It was those people that I missed. So I was determined to make a list of people I was going to meet. And I put down Russia Malloy, Paula Froelich. These are some names in gossip. Liz Smith, some legends. And you know, I found a way to get in a room with them. If it meant buying a ticket to the 92nd Street, why, I did it. If it meant getting invited to a cocktail party to sit next to them for 30 seconds, to stand next to them, I did it. I figured out to how to get to the people... Whose world I wanted to be in. And they liked me. And I I, I went with a, a good attitude and an open heart. Nobody opened up their address book and made me a, a star columnist. That doesn't happen. But it just slowly got me into that world. I found out the bar that everybody from the post goes for, drinks after the after work. And I'd go there. I have a bar called Bottino that's really close to my apartment. And it's where I and Delay and all the co-hosts of my podcast go. And every Thursday night, we go for drinks there. People, publicists, young people in the gossip business have come to Bottino's to to hunt us out in the most wonderful way. And I love it. I really love it. I'm bringing my vaxxed
0: self to Bottino. Are you kidding? Come come (sighs) and
1: meet people. and, um, And don't be scared to ask for a little bit of advice or a helping hand, I'm not going to hire you on the spot, but I will help. People will help. Don't Gosh, you've just time.
0: offered so many gems there. So one, I say this often to people, is is have a savings account for your career so you can take advantage of certain things, because yes. that's a big tip is being able to buy a ticket to something to get yes. in front of someone. It's like, how do I get in that room or go to the head of the list? That's fantastic. And then part of it is is the showing up.
1: Showing up is a big Joan Rivers said it to me. So Joan really changed my life in many ways. Joan was not a client of mine, but she became a friend of mine, which is much more powerful. Mm. Joan told me over dinner one night. She said she's not the funniest person in the world, but she said she stands in the rain longer than anyone else. And Joan said it has poured. She stood in hurricanes. There was a moment in Joan's life, many years, in fact, she couldn't get arrested. She had to go on The Celebrity Apprentice just to get back on TV. It was humiliating. She won. But I remember that. I stand in the rain. I'm not the most talented. I'm not the funniest. I'm not the smartest. Goodness knows I'm not the prettiest. I stand in the rain. And when everybody else gives up, gets married, goes home, changes their life. I'll still be standing. I've been doing this now for a really long time. I think of it, I used to love that show, Survivor. When you have to hold a wet pole at the end of the episode, I wouldn't let go of the pole. I just, I would not let go, Barbara. I would be on that pole. And I would focus. I can stay focused and I will hold on that pole. Joan said, stand in the rain. Many, many times when I've been told no, no many, many times when that nasty little voice crept crept back in my head and told me that I wasn't good enough, I almost gave up. I almost did. Recently, with my podcast, I've had a podcast now on iHeartRadio for a year. It didn't do very well in the beginning. It was embarrassing how how few people were listening. My friend Elvis Duran on Z100 told me though it did make me laugh, when he started out his radio career, he gave away on the radio money and nobody called in to get the money, which meant nobody was listening like if you can't like if you're like i'm giving away twenty dollars to the next nobody called which means literally nobody's listening it's funny now because he's a huge success and so when i started my podcast i saw the numbers it was a lot of work and no payoff and i stuck with it and now we're a top 10 podcast a daily podcast once again everyone's going to be like oh it just sounds so easy it isn't easy but it's doable You can do it. I figured out financially, and this is where I'm very lucky. I've got enough personal savings, money in the bank, some money too for my husband. Let's be very clear about that. I've got enough security financially that I can take risks. I get that. I get what a privilege it is, but I do do it. A lot of people who are much more wealthy than me won't do it. So it's not just a monetary thing, it's a mind thing. My mind's ready to take the chance. I'll, I'll take the chance. I'm not reckless. I'm really not. If we were in Vegas, I'd be the first to bed. I'm not putting my money on that table. I'm a real cautious gambler. And the other thing too, which I think is so interesting, and I learned it when I was working with Ashley Simpson, don't take a risk until you're ready to win. When I was working with Ashley Simpson, her first ever live national performance was on Saturday Night Live. We all know what happened. She lip-synced. It fell apart. Her career fell apart. She was not ready. I worked for Alicia Keys. For years, Alicia Keys played every divey piano bar on the Lower East Side and learnt her craft. Learn your craft. I have people now who see me on the Wendy Williams show. And please, Rob, get me on the Wendy show. I say I'll do you a bigger favour. I won't. Because if you go on now, you will bomb and you'll never, ever be invited back. Do smaller shows. Do some local shows practice on YouTube, you've got an iPhone, do your own show. Before I got the national bookings, I was doing really small shows on cable channels that I couldn't even get on my cable box. They were so high, I could watch my own show. I'm so grateful for it because by the time VH1 came calling, I'd had two years of my own show on Mark Cuban's network, which nobody watched. But it was the university of TV that I went to every year for two or three years. Learn your craft before you take the risk. And so, yes, I get it. We all want to have our podcasts. We all want hit podcasts. We all want to be on The Wendy Show. We want to sit down with Hoda. I do too. Put in the work. Put in the work. Start today. Do it small and hope nobody listens. I'm so lucky. Had anybody actually listened to those first episodes I did for the Naughty But Nice Show? I would have been pulled off the air because it was awful. It was absolutely awful, but I learned my craft. Learn your craft in a safe place. And then when the opportunity comes along, it's not quite so scary cause you'll think of Sarah Palin and you'll also have all the experience you need. Do the work.
0: WWSD is going up above my desk now. I'm obsessed with this. I want to get will you take a photo for me of you with your hand on oh, her book? So that it can be one of my, uh,
1: my visual uh, mantras. I know it's, it's always a tricky one because I don't I know how divisive politics is. And you know, I, I, just on my show, I'm a silly gossip columnist. They, 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 you don't come to me for, for for political advice, and neither should you. And I I don't do it. I stay away from it on my website, I stay away from it on my podcast. But when it came to who inspired me. It's Sarah Palin. It's, and I remember watching the her WSD. at the Republican convention saying like a lipstick on a pig. And she was a superstar just for a minute. And I was like, would I have the confidence to walk out on stage with limited experience, let's be honest here, and know that I'm a heartbeat away from the highest office in the land? Could I do that? That's the question, not her politics. Could you do that? And you've got to try and get to a place where the answer is yes. Ooh, Wow. could you do it?
0: The other thing I realize from your phenomenal energy and the joy just of this conversation is the blessing of loving what you do. I have a feeling you get up every morning.
1: I love it. I love it. I love being nosy. I could. I love when you ask me to do your show. I love it. I love talking to people. The pandemic has been particularly hard on me because I love going out. I love, you know what I'm like. We run to a restaurant, we sit in the corner, we get some vodka, get some appetizers. We gossip. We gossip. And I think, too, it's because I'm naughty but nice. And that's a really strategic point. At the time when I launched Naughty But Nice, Perez Hilton was at the peak of his success. I've known Mario, his real name's Mario, for a very, very long time. But it wasn't me. And at the beginning, I tried to copy him. That's what I think we often do in life. Don't do that. Just do your own thing. I'm a cheeky person, but I'm not mean. I'm really not, I'm not a mean guy. Oh, I do love to make fun and laugh and giggle, but I hopefully it, it, it's never cruel. So I'm naughty but nice. And once I figured that out, I'm a big believer. I know in society, they say, don't have labels. I'm the opposite. I wanna know who you are. And my new book is really finding out who you are in four words. Who are you <laughs> in four words? And if you can tell me yes, that- segue. You, you will have an amazing life. I knew who Diddy was in four words. I knew who Jayla was in four years. I knew who Lisa, Alicia Keys was in four words. Every opportunity that came across my desk, and they really did, for all these stars, if the opportunity did not match three of the four words we passed, you have to know your brand.
0: Who's Diddy in four words?
1: Oh, it's so good. Cool. I don't want to give away the whole thing, she went by the book, but I'll give away some of them. Diddy's powerful. I just pre-ordered mine. Thank you very much. Diddy's powerful. He's black. That's a very important word for Diddy. He's a king. He's confident. Um, J-Lo in forward. J-Lo's kind. One of my words that I talk about a lot in the book that I got from Jennifer Lopez was kindness. Now, that isn't something you necessarily think about with celebrities, is it? But what I argue, and it's maybe a little bit of a twist here, is no one's kinder to themselves than Jennifer Lopez. Now, does that make her selfish? No, it makes us smart. Jennifer Lopez treats herself well, and we've all got to start to learn to do that. I didn't. I really didn't. I didn't eat well. I didn't exercise well. I told myself horrible things. I said things to myself that I would never say to a friend. I've got to learn to be Mm -hmm. my own best friend. And so I learned from Jennifer to be kind. We talked earlier about being kind to people that are around you, interns and, and everybody, but nobody ever talks about being kind to yourself be kind to yourself. And I learned that from Jennifer. I learned from Jennifer. She was kind enough to know she had to get a good night's sleep. She was kind enough to moisturize. She really was kind to herself constantly. She was kind to other people too. But that's what I learned. I learned from Jennifer. The word I learned from Diddy, instead of doing all four, I'll tell you my word that I learned from them, which was one of their words. Diddy's word is important. I'd never met anybody who knew they were important like Diddy did. From an early age, His mama did a great job really raising him. We're talking about someone whose father was shot in a drug deal. They had no income. They had so few resources. But what he had, Diddy knows he's important. And he treats everybody else like they are important too. Important's a really good word. Do you think you're important? Is your opinion important? I've learned that mine is. But it took me a moment to learn that word. And so once you learn to value yourself, if you're kind to yourself, if you really believe you're important, I'm not important talking about sports. I know nothing. You don't have to be important in every single subject. But there is a talent. The hardest thing is finding it. Some of us are lucky and at birth we know what we're good at. Otherwise, I was not. I wasn't very musical. I couldn't sing. I couldn't dance. I was terrible at sports. But what I was good at is talking to people. I was nosy and mm. I learned people's secrets. And once I realized that was an important skill to have, which nobody, nobody would ever tell me that. In fact, gossip was looked down upon. It was a bad skill to have. Oh, Robert always knows everything about everybody. I did. I still do. Once I realized that was important, it was an important skill, my life changed. And now I make my living doing this skill that now I find very important. Thanks to Diddy.
0: Wait, are you willing to share your four
1: words or do I, I have sure, to buy sure. the book? I'll do some of them like I'm kind. I'm funny. I'm naughty. I'm nice. Mm. I am, and they really are me. I'm naughty. I, you know, I think of some of my meanest friends, and they're delightful to have dinner with. But afterwards, you need a shower. They're awful. Mm-hmm. And then I think of some of my nicest friends, just lovely, lovely people, but a bit boring. I'm not boring, but I'm not mean. And it's actually easy to be mean. It really is. It's not that hard to think you're witty. You're not being witty. You're being cruel. I think it's really hard to be naughty but nice, to be cheeky enough that you're interesting, but yet to be kind enough that you don't make jokes about the way people look or what they say or their size. I don't do that. So I'm naughty but nice and I'm kind. I'm a kind person and I remind myself of this. And so I fail all the time. I failed a couple of days ago. There was a package delivered to my apartment that I convinced myself was very important. It wasn't. And it got lost in the lobby for 10 minutes and I was cruel. And I didn't need to be cruel and I apologized and I looked in the mirror and I reminded myself that I'm kind and I went about my day being kind. You you can learn these words and every morning when you brush your teeth and before you go to bed, look in that mirror and tell yourself those four words. With my clients, I had them all on sticky notes on my computer Every client had one post it note per word, four words per client, and I color coded them. So I knew Jessica Simpson's, I knew Diddy's, I knew Alicia Key's, I knew JLo's. And I literally, when I saw them call me, and I'd have this panic like, oh no, what does Jessica Simpson want today? Or, oh my God, what have I done to Bon Jovi? I'd read the four words. And then I was sort of liberated because I knew what the conversation was going to be because I knew who they were. If that can happen with somebody you're talking to, imagine what can happen if you know your own four words.
0: I know my own. Imagine. But I also love the process because just as we're talking, I have...
1: Pink Post-it notes all <laughs> over my computer terminal, right? It's interesting. And I wonder what they it's say about you. It's an important process. What are, yeah, what are your words? Like, What? who are you? Think of a couple of words. You don't have to tell them. It can be very private. It's like asking someone who they voted for. It's none of my business, but it's your business. Who are you in four words? I promise you. I really do. And there's been so many self-help books. I get these self-help books and people promising this and that. I don't necessarily believe them, but I know because I've done this. The experience is there. I know if you know who you are in four words, that's the only thing that has made the type of people I worked for, some of the most successful, really, really successful. There's a lot of celebrities who don't know who they are. That's why a lot of celebrities are a mess. You know, they're looking for fame to to fill a void somewhere else in their life and it never works. But the ones that are really, really successful, the Alicia Keys is the Diddy of this world. They know who they are and they know it in four words.
0: This is so spot on. So tell me how you got the book, because I something tells me that kindness plays a part in this.
1: It really did. It really did. So I do this 20-minute daily show for iHeartRadio. It's a morning podcast, and we get up early, and every day at 9 a.m., I guarantee there will be a new show with lots of exclusives. I think now, actually, podcasts are becoming the new column, in the old days, mm-hmm. Liz Smith and these people would have wonderful columns. Now people want to listen to them online. So I always break a big exclusive at the top of the show, one of my stories. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm good at it because I worked for a lot of celebrities, so I've got amazing sources. So I do 20 minutes of gossip. And then at the end of the show, I wanted to have like a, a moment, just a moment when we didn't gossip, just something a little different. And I remember watching Jerry Springer, and after an hour of really bad behavior, Jerry had the chutzpah to look in the camera and to tell everybody to be kind he, re- he and I was like you know after 20 minutes of gossip i've got the chutzpah to say for a minute or a moment something nice so i ended each show with a moment of rob that i stole from oprah you get a rob you get a rob you get a rob i can't give you a car but i can give you a moment of me and in three or four sentences I say something hopefully a little bit inspiring, maybe something uplifting, maybe something about being kind, being important, being smart, being yourself, and um this publisher listened to the podcast in his car. And he's a publisher of a massive publishing company, Post Hill Press. His name's Anthony. He didn't know me. And he liked these moments of Rob, but he contacted me via LinkedIn. That's how little he knew about me. And after ignoring it for months, I finally checked my LinkedIn and there he was. And we spoke and he was like, I don't care about this celebrity stuff. Like, you know, it's sort of interesting. And I sort of like it in the car, but, you know, you're not going to sell a book on that. And particularly because by the time the book comes out, all the gossip is old and you can get your gossip in so many other places. You're not paying 25 bucks for a a book of gossip. He said, but these moments of Rob are really interesting. Would you ever turn that into a book? And I said, yes, because I turned down the negative voice that was screaming in my head saying, you've never, you've never written a book. You don't know how to do this what are you doing? I said, yes. Put my hand on my Bible, on my Sarah Palin autobiography. And I literally under my hand, there was a book by Sarah Palin. And I said, if she can write a book, get this, Rob Schuler can write a book. So I started writing this book and it literally came because of the podcast. I think we can both agree, Barbara, success breeds success. And the podcast led to this. And sometimes failure breeds success too. But you've got to keep doing stuff. You've got to keep putting yourself out there. You never, ever know who's going to see it, listen to it. You know, many years ago, I was the publicist for Lara Spencer, who's now on Good Morning America. When I was her publicist, she was on WABC, the local show. People at the network looked down their nose upon it. But Diane Sawyer was in the makeup chair at Good Morning America, having her bouffant fluffed. And her makeup put on. And what was she watching? Because she worked at ABC. She was watching WABC, the local show. She saw Lara Spencer do a segment. And she pointed at the TV and said, that's who I want on Good Morning America. And that's how Lara got the job. People can see you. So if you're going to do it, make sure you do the best job you possibly can. And if you don't do it, there's no chance of anybody seeing you. I don't want to sound like it's a lottery ticket, but it sort of is. You got to be in it to win it. And I, I buy that ticket for myself on myself as often as I can.
0: What are your go-to resources for inspiration?
1: Re- really, really good question. I think a lot about the kindness of my mother. I think lots of us have family members or somebody that when I close my eyes and think of something peaceful or something kind, I do a ton of research google the computer is really important i really do the work and i do it every day like i'm told allegedly if you go to the gym every day you will get muscles i've never been but if you go once it isn't going to work but if you go every single day so i in my calendar right on my desk here i have half an hour just half an hour only 30 minutes of every day where there's nothing on my schedule and it's just my think time. And I it's all I don't want to get sort of zen on you. I don't meditate. I don't use yoga if you do great. But I have 30 minutes every day where I can sit without my phone on and think. Maybe take a bubble bath, maybe take a shower. For me, recently it's been going on walks. I go for a little walk. I'm really lucky to live by the Hudson River. And we all tell ourselves that we're too busy. But it occurred to me that if I've got an hour to watch the Kardashians or Dancing with the Stars or The Bachelorette, which I love, I'm not too busy. It's just not a priority. So I'm really honest now with myself. When I don't want to do something, and even with friends now, I say, you're not a priority. Maybe not to them, but in my mind. So if you ask me out for drinks and I don't want to do it, I might say I'm too busy to you, but in my mind I say, you're not a priority. And once I started being that honest with myself, you know, do I want to spend 30 minutes each day thinking or researching or doing the work probably not but it's a priority for me so i do it but i don't pretend that i'm enjoying it i don't pretend that i'm you know it's fun i do the work and when i was writing the book every day i spent an hour writing and it was a priority watching the kardashians is not my priority anymore be honest with yourself and do it too when, when family members or friends ask you for drinks once this plague is over and we can go back out when somebody says do you want to come out for drinks tonight and you're like i'm too busy What you're really saying is you're not a priority, which is fine. I'm not saying it's the wrong answer, but be honest about it.
0: I think it sounds like J-Lo being kind to herself.
1: J-Lo was kind. She didn't do stuff she didn't want to do. If you invited her to a party tonight, everyone wants J-Lo at every party they have. Everybody wants to have dinner with J-Lo. My friend Hoda on the Today Show, Hoda has to get up at four o'clock in the morning. She gets invited to every event in New York and publicists can't understand why Hoda doesn't want to come. She's in bed by eight. So to get her out of that apartment has to be a priority. And so she's honest with it herself. Jennifer taught me to be really honest with myself. Now, I might not always be honest with everybody else, but I am honest with myself. I know what's a priority. I know what's not a priority. I know that I don't want to do the work, but I have to if I want the results. And I also say to myself, and I think Jennifer once said it too, if she knew it was going to take 10 years to get this, to get what she wanted does she still want it? The answer's yes. For me, it's yes too. For other people, it's not. And it's not wrong. If the answer's no, I get it. But ask yourself, think of your dreams. If you want your own podcast, your own hit podcast, if I said to you, you, you can have it. You will have a hit podcast. It's going to take you 10 years. Do you still want it? Ooh. Yes. Yes. There you go. I'm the same though. And I don't mind people though that say, no, we have mutual friends who don't, want this they, they they would like it if the cost was a little less it's a really high price to pay i think of celebrities all the time the tour that work that are single that have given so much and as a publicist a former publicist this is something they can never talk about because it just sounds like celebrities whinging or being moan and they live these great lives but there's a real real high cost to be an oprah winfrey do you want to mm-hmm. pay that cost my answer is no I don't want to be that. I like my piece of the pie. I like having enough fame that occasionally somebody might recognize me on the street or I might get a free dessert at a restaurant. But I'm not famous enough that there are people hanging outside, paparazzi, and people, I don't want that life. And so figure out what you want. You can have it. But be honest with yourself about the price. Chrissy Teigen, I think,
0: once said something that the real benefit was not having to wait in line.
1: It's a great, it's a great, there's some real perks to it. There are some, we've (laughs) seen, but yeah, you know, Rosie O'Donnell said she really worked so hard to be famous because she thought all the pain would go away, losing her mother Mm. at an early age or the heart. And she said fame made it worse. So worse. you know, I was talking about my damaging my arm as a, as a little boy. I used to always think that if I had two good arms, my life would be better. And the day I realized it didn't make any difference. You know, I've lost 60 pounds. I'm no happier. I was happy then. I was always happy. Now there are many benefits to being sixty. I was say, is your
0: doctor happy? Is your doctor I'm happier? much happier?
1: I sleep better. My skin's better. Like there's many, many benefits for it. But it didn't change my life. I know mm-hmm. it from working with Naomi Campbell, arguably the most beautiful woman in the world. Being really beautiful doesn't make everything else disappear. You're always going to have problems. You're always going to Have things you have to deal with, and having two good arms, having the most beautiful face in the world, doesn't mean they go away. And I had the luxury, and that's why this book is not a tell all book. You know, I I, I gossip about them in a a cheeky way. I, I hope they like it, but it's not a tell all because that's irrelevant. This is more about the secrets to their success and what I observed really having a front row seat a pop culture history. When I think of the places I've been, I flew around America on Bon Jovi's private plane for the primary purpose of making sure all the press was kicked out of his concert once his hair flopped. So after Dead dead or Alive and the hairspray went a little... Wait, were you
0: on that steel horse I ride?
1: I would kick them out. I have worked with John for years. I was his publicist. I went on tour with them. It was an extraordinary... I remember being with Jenny. I wrote J-Lo and Ben's breakup statement. If you Google their first breakup, they look like they're back together. But when they broke up, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a decade ago, I wrote that statement. Jessica Simpson called me when she was going to divorce Nick Lachey. Like this extraordinary access I've had to these really successful people. If I can't figure out a way... To make that into a book, then shame on me. It's there's a book there. Okay, so
0: when do I get the book? When? You, can okay, get you can get it now. You can get it now.
1: It's on Amazon now. It's not out till September, but pre-orders are huge. So please get at Amazon.com. The four-word answer who are you? In four words. Please get the book. And um, there's something in there. You know, it's it's a great idea for a book. It's a great idea. I think I've pulled it off. The idea is better than the book, but it's, it's a good book. So I'm proud of it. I hope my spelling's good. Ooh, I'm a terrible speller. But I didn't let it stop me okay, doing the book.
0: I, I, I'm showing up at Patino to
1: get my copy signed <laughs> on night, September come, 21st. All, always, always uh, welcome. You, you can do this. You can do treasure. this. I'm not that special. And I'm not saying it to put myself down. I don't think Diddy's that handsome. And I worked with him for years. You know, Jennifer Lopez is not the best singer in the world. It You can do it. You can get your... You can you can accomplish all your dreams if you're truthful and you know who you are be honest.
0: Mm. On that amazing note, thank you so much, Rob. I hope you'll come back in September.
1: Whatever you want, it's always a pleasure. You know, I've been a fan of you and your work for a really long time. And really important too, you were kind to me, but you didn't need to be. When I was struggling, you won't even remember this, a big casting director, 10 years ago, many, many years ago before our, our renaissance, before our reintroduction, I sent you an email and you replied, you didn't you didn't give me the job, but the fact that you replied and I remember it, it was awfully kind and so be kind to people. Wow, thank you. Because they remember it, you don't. You don't remember doing it, they will be kind. Mm, thank
0: you so much. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Your support and feedback means the world to me. So as always, be sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't done that already. And tell your friends.